You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Self-Made Strategies podcast. I am your host, Tony Lopes, and with me today is a digital marketing specialist who works in paid and organic marketing PR, and social media marketing and management to help small businesses find their authentic voice for their audience through a holistic marketing approach. When Sarah DeGeorge is not working on digital marketing strategy, you'll find her on a walk at a local park, reading, or working in animal rescue and rehabilitation. Here for your listening pleasure are the self-made strategies of Sarah DeGeorge. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for joining us. It's really awesome to have you on the show. You are a fan and avid listener of the show, in addition to being a uh, entrepreneur and freelancer. So excited to have you on. It's always cool to interact with people who listen to the show. And uh, obviously, you know, you reached out. I thought it was awesome. And you're a great fit for our audience in terms of what you do and what you specialize in and how you think about your approach to target audience engagement. So on this episode, we're going to talk about how Sarah started her freelance career, approaches that Sarah uses that you can take with you when it comes to building out a holistic or integrated marketing approach in client work. Uh, We'll also talk about some of the issues that Sarah has found with her own clients when it comes to their marketing strategy. So we'll do a little bit of kind of case study, you know, what people can do best practices, how to avoid some of the pitfalls that other people are experiencing with their own marketing. I'm sure there are a lot of lessons that I'm going to get out of this one. Uh, Sarah's strategies for developing consistent processes for your marketing. So consistency is definitely key. We'll talk about that a little bit and how you can avoid imposter syndrome and burnout. So it's something that everyone is going through right now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Sarah, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to the show. Great to have you here. So let's dive right in. How and why did you start your career in freelance marketing? Yeah, um, I feel like this is kind of like an interesting story and it it bears repeating just because we're in such a weird um, year for, and, you know, a lot of people feel like they're in a situation where they're just like, well, what do I do? Like, it's not the right time. You know, in I guess my story is is like it's never the right time. So I actually started as a freelance news reporter when I was still in college. I wrote for a local and a regional newspaper, and that was really cool. So I kind of got that freelance background, but on a very you know part time approach. Um, I'm interning. I'm doing a whole bunch of things in college, ready going to the finish line, and then I was flatlined. I actually. Um, was on multiple interviews the day that I got really sick. And then I actually ended up getting progressively worse to where I wasn't able to eat. Um, I was eating just boiled rice and chicken. Um, I lost a lot of weight. I was in bed a lot. So basically everything that I had been working towards for just like your quintessential nine to five job that I had planned on having outside of college was just kind of like, Okay, well, I can't really do anything. I only have so much time before like my grace period after college runs out where I need to find a job. I don't want to have a lapse in my employment, so on and so forth. Um, so I started to panic. Um, and, but 
I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Um, my dad ran a small business with his father and his uncle. Um, they have a lot of um, it was property management. They built a lot of homes in Verona, New Jersey. In case anybody is interested, there's like 200 homes that they built there in like the 60s and 70s, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm probably botching that. But um, so I've I've always watched like I, and understood kind of like the entrepreneurial end. So I was like, okay, well what do I have right here? I have contacts from my internships. I have tangible experience. Um, you know, I, I, I can pull in a lot of this information and at least people to see what I can do. And so I actually found my first client in a job book at my local community college. And they were able to allow me to get like that first freelance independent contractor experience based on the experience that I came in with. So I'm like, okay, well, this is something that I can do from my bed in, on my laptop. And, you know, nobody needs to see my face and how <laughs> tragic looking I probably looked at that point. But, um, and so with each of those opportunities, I'm, I'm building my network. I'm going from there. Um, and I, I'm slowly, you know, nothing's perfect. I'm still kind of bootstrapping the entire process because I'm sick and, I ended up not getting better until this was in January until September was when I finally started to turn a corner. Um, it, it Nobody actually was able to give me a definitive answer as to why I was so sick. But the point being is that I took um, this opportunity to start to build out my career during a time that you know I felt I was kind of pushed into a corner and I didn't have many options in my own life to, you know, do something maybe to the status quo. So I was like, okay, well, let me do something different based on, you know, the resources I have. So, um, I was able to then see like, Hey, I can do this. I actually like this. And let me see where it goes from, like from here. And at that point I didn't really have any plans as to like, Oh, this is what I was going to do. But because I continued to gain experience, gain clients through word of mouth or through putting myself out there and saying, oh, I, I'm available for, you know, X, Y, Z in your marketing. Um, that's how it just all came to be. So I think like it's an important story. Obviously, my experience is different than others. And this is a very condensed, like almost elevator pitch type story because this is like months of, you know, you, you know, trial and error, but, you know, really condensed into this very small story. But um, it's just a reminder that like, even in the crummy situations that we're in, including COVID-19, you know, if you have an idea or you have some sort of resource and you really want to push towards something like, you know, it could be the start of a new career experience. So that's kind of how I started. And, you know, hopefully it inspires somebody else that's kind of feels like they're in a corner and they don't know where to go to be like, okay, I'm just going to try it because that's what I did. I was like, it's better to have tried than me laying in bed and languishing and feeling pretty crummy and only eating boiled chicken and rice for months. So at least I came out of it with like a newfound enjoyment of um, entrepreneurship and, you know, marketing and just being able to say like, Hey, I got to pick my own, you know, clients in a way. And this is really cool. And, you know, and, and taking previous experience as well with un the understanding of freelancing. So 
Yeah, I think it's a very inspirational story. And with the COVID-19 pandemic, I think anyone that's listening to this that's struggling with something, whether it's illness or job loss, you've covered a lot of those things there. And it's just great advice that you're you're bringing to the table here about picking yourself up figuratively, not literally, especially if you're sick, but (laughs) giving yourself the opportunity to succeed by just trying. And a lot of times that puts you in a position to be more successful and to bring more opportunity your way. I just want to remind people who are listening that you can also watch this on the Self-Made Strategies YouTube channel. If you go to the show notes for this episode, we'll post a link to that YouTube video and you can watch it there as well. Um, So let's talk about now how you've taken that experience. You've turned this into a business. You're, You're obviously very successful. You're doing well for yourself. What are the approaches that you take when it comes to building out a holistic or integrated marketing approach for your clients? Yeah. So obviously I work with primarily small to mid-sized businesses, mid-sized being, you know, there's a few extra, you know, people in the room, but nothing, you know, too, too big where, um, you know, they're not kind of working in, you know, with each other. And I purposely do this because, um, integrated marketing is such a key point in creating this, um, kind of all encompassing holistic marketing approach. Um, and so when I work with my clients, um, I really want to understand both who they are and what the business is and what's going on behind the scenes and also what's front facing. Cause this can all play out to be a really great way to be able to market themselves. And my business goal when I work with my clients, which some people are like, no, you really want to make sure that you can keep them forever. I'm like, no, I kind of want to be like a mama bird. And I teach my clients how to, you know, set up their processes with their, from their branding to their marketing copy to like their uh, social media marketing approaches. So if anything were to happen to me one day, they would be working towards a marketing um, strategy that one, they can implement themselves and then they feel really is in line with who they are and what the business is. So when we work together, we're talking about their values, their mission, like the things that don't sometimes necessarily come to the forefront when sometimes people are starting out, especially small businesses, they just kind of want to get the marketing out there. And I'm like, Yeah, but you need to like build this backstory first, because a lot of times with like smaller businesses, there's a lot more of an opportunity in terms of your comfort level for the marketing to be very interconnected to the person behind the, you know, the business as well. And like their why, which is a, you know, a big selling point as well. So we sit down and we're like, okay, well, what do you want to get across? You know, who is your target audience, of course, going through the buyer personas and everything and really understanding um, who it is they're really marketing. Are they marketing, you know, if they're a brick and mortar, you know, what's the, you know, radius in which you want to target to? If they're online, you know, what are the keywords that you really want to focus in on and how can we share your story as well? So that's kind of my approach is digging much deeper than just like, okay, well, here's your marketing material and I'm going to put it out there for you. I'm going to implement. We go all the way back to the strategy because I think that that is a key component that either is either done once and then people forget about it and they don't really think of their business and their digital strategy as actually like a living 
breathing piece of their business, or they just don't kind of do it at all. And they're like, well, I have a logo and I have a website. So now I'm just going to put something out there, but there hasn't been a lot of thought as to who they're trying to talk to. So it's just like a lot of um, those aspects that I pull together because I do the strategy and, and I do the implementation as needed. So um, that's just kind of, again, why, and and why I like focusing in on, you know, small businesses could be a few people. It could even be a solopreneur. So I, ironically, I'm actually somebody who would be my client, somebody that's just like on their own, but that kind of helps in a way, because I've been there and I know, you know, the, you know, the things that sometimes they come in with that they're like, I'm not too sure what I'm doing. So it's just, it's good to have those conversations because I think that they're a big part of what's constantly kind of overlooked in the marketing process. And so, yeah, that's just kind of a, a quick and easy, like high level explanation of what we look into that, you know, can really pay dividends when it comes to, because once you know all that, that stuff, you can write your marketing copy easier. You know who to, you know, who you're targeting and your paid advertising, you know, you know who your affinity markets are and who your target market is. So it's just, it take, it pays to take that time to kind of backtrack, which we do. That's great. And you speak the language going back to what you were saying. So that does make it a little bit easier. It's funny. I was doing a uh, speaking engagement this morning with a local rotary club on podcasting and they were, you know, kind of just asking me about, you know, cause I'm an attorney full time. Obviously I do the podcast on the side and now I've, we, we, my colleagues and I are now working on some other podcasting projects. We're producing podcasts for other organizations. And so we were talking about it and having this discussion, I was presenting on it and I was saying to them that, you know, whoever you work with, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's a marketing consultant, whether it's somebody who's your architect, your contractor, it doesn't matter. They should be speaking the language that you speak on a regular basis. Meaning, you know, let's say you're a florist and you're a, a solopreneur or you have a single partner and you run a, a brick and mortar flower shop. They should know about the nuances, right? Don't hire someone who who is speaking in a language that seems foreign to you, you know, because that's just not going to be a good outcome, most likely. Yeah. And then there's always going to be that confusion. And, you know, like I said, I want these individuals that I work with or these companies that I work with to really feel that the marketing that we have created cohesively through strategy sessions and implementation is something that they can take on themselves if they ever needed to, when they felt like at a point that they're comfortable, but also something that's sustainable for them as well. And that's also the, the kind of mindful approach to marketing is like, you don't want to be everywhere. You want to be where the audience is and you want to be able to do things, whether it's your scheduling for, you know, whatever your marketing or your email campaigns, like it needs to be in a way that's also sustainable to you because, you know, it, it, it doesn't help if you do things for four months and then you just completely stop because you're like, this was unsustainable. Whereas if you're consistent and maybe not doing you know, you're marketing at, you know, the level in which other people are, but it's sustainable to that consistency will pay off more than just kind of going out, you know, like, you know, all, you know, all out right away and then sputtering very quickly after. Yeah. A good example of that is let's say whatever, I'll take myself as an example, right? An attorney, let's say you're an attorney and you're like, uh, I'm going to start this new marketing idea, but I'm not really going to put any thought to, into it 
And my plan is going to be, I'm going to go down to the corner and just yell at people about how great of an attorney I am for three weeks straight. And then I'm going to disappear. And I'm yeah. going to expect that that generates some kind of ROI. And if it doesn't, I'm going to say, why am I putting my hand out and nobody's putting money in it? I don't understand. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It seems ridiculous, right? Because, you know, if I said to you, go down to the street corner and just scream at people once a day at 1 p.m., go down to the corner and just yell, Sarah DeGeorge is the greatest marketer of all time, and then walked back into your house. And you did that for three weeks straight, one time a day. Do you think that that would generate any business? And of course, most people who are listening or, or watching us on YouTube would say, no, that's totally insane. But that's what you're doing on social media. If you're jumping on once a day to say, look at me, I'm a fantastic attorney. And that's why you should hire me. Not to mention that it just doesn't make any sense to your point, right? Why would anyone hire somebody just because they say they're great? Exactly. There needs to be a lot more to it than just that. And then even with even when you're talking about how great you are, you need to also share other things besides just that in your marketing as well with, um, you know, even if you're sharing complimentary people like in your field that aren't directly your competition, like that showcases that you're like a team player as well. Again, like the psychology behind marketing, like I'm more likely to, you know, interact with a company that's like, Hey, we do this. And here's somebody that does something a little similar to us, but we think they're great too, because then I'm like, okay, like this is somebody that's, you know, like they're not just trying to, you know, talk about how great they are. They're also like, okay, well, we, here I am. And I'm also offering you information and like thought leadership and help and other resources besides myself, which should all be a part of, you know, marketing, you know, in your business as well. Now, taking a, a half a step back, just because I want to be really clear with anyone who's listening to this, what is integrated marketing? Because you mentioned that early on, and I, I think you you gave a pretty good, you know, 30,000 foot view. But for those who aren't familiar with that terminology, how would you describe that? I would say integrated marketing is taking, a, like, again, your whole business and looking at it. It's not just necessarily what's on the, what's being put out there into like, the cyberspace, or it's also what's going on behind the scenes are the, you know, and I know this might not be the same for solopreneurs, but you know, if they outsource as you know, or if you have a mid-sized business, are your employees happy? What's going on behind the scenes? Can you share something about that? It's just an integrated approach to not just talk about what it is you're selling, your product, your service, so on and so forth. It's also what's going on, you know, in your business itself. Do you have an office dog? Like something as simple as that is a part of integrated marketing. And I know that's like a very, again, kind of like funny approach to it, but it's just taking into all accounts, um, you know, because even your employees, again, if you're a small business, like they're part of your marketing as well. If you have a disgruntled employee, how many times have we seen that just become very bad marketing and PR for a business very quickly? You know, we've seen it a lot, especially with like restaurants that have not been, you know, following protocol. And then all of a sudden they have an employee put it out there on social media. And that's like a part of integrated marketing is knowing what's going on behind the scenes, what you're um, promoting out there and kind of having everything work together so that the back end and the front end is, you know, every, people are happy and you're not kind of saying things that aren't necessarily true. You're like, oh, everybody's happy. And then, you know, you have 
employees that are just like, eh, you know, this isn't, <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> so that's like a quick and easy kind of thing of um, integrated marketing is just a all in approach. So let's now talk about some of the issues that you found with the clients that you've worked with. What are some of the common problems that you're seeing on a consistent basis and how do you overcome those challenges? Yeah. So I would say I see with a lot of clients, even people that just come in for a strategy session with me, they have a very this or that approach to what's important in their marketing. So for example, they'll choose to do one step and not the other. So they um, they focus on, again, like nice branding. They have a nice logo. They have a nice website, but um, but they have no clue who their target audience is, or they have done research on their audience and don't know how to reach them through marketing and ad copy because they think one necessarily is more important than the other. But when you go through the process of, say, marketing strategy to implementation, they should all, you know, your branding, your marketing strategy, your marketing, you know, any of, you know, the copy, your your content calendar, like it should all be in a symbiotic relationship with each other. You don't necessarily, obviously one has to come before the other, depending on where you're at in your business and what research you've you know, done prior. Um, but they all kind of need to work together. And sometimes people are like, yeah, but I really just want to get the marketing out there. And it's not necessarily a wait until everything is perfect approach, but it is at least build something out so that you have the skeletal system ready to go. And then you can add the color. You could put the, you know, you could put the flesh on it then, and then the clothes and then make it, you know, what it needs to be. So that's, I think more like more often than not, that's what I see a lot of. So that's why we take the step back and I'm like, okay, but have you thought about, you know, they're like, Oh, I have all this marketing. I have all these uh, social media posts I want to put out there. And then I'm like, okay, well, who's your target audience? Okay. I don't know. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do a little <laughs> bit of research. Right. Let's, you know, look, look at a competitor's analysis. Let's, you know, look at what already exists out there. And by looking at that, I always remind them, I'm like, you're not copying anybody. You're not trying to be another business. You're trying to be you going back to the integrated approach because, you know, that's going to be your unique selling point is whatever you're offering with your mission and your values and whatever that unique little piece of your business is, but giving them a starting point to see what's working, at least in terms of how it's presented, you know, is video working better than static images is, you know, this copy working better than that copy in the general realm and then adding their own flavor to it. So that that's what I would say would be, more or less what a lot of people, you know, come to me with is just that idea of like, oh, well, I have all of this, but I don't have that. And it's like, mm, you kind of need that. And if it's a little bit more work on the back end, like, you know, before you put it all out there, it's going to pay dividends because you're not going to need to have to clean up all of the, you know, gobbledygook of like, oh, well, this wasn't really my idea. I just saw somebody else doing this and I thought I would do it. And you're like, oh, that doesn't really make sense for your business because you're in this niche and they're in that niche. So it probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. So let's figure out something that's, it, you know, that's on, you know, brand for you that, you know, you can sustainably continue to, you know, create marketing material for and go from there. Right. And, you know, you're doing organic marketing, so you're staying away from paid for the most part, right? Um, I do paid. So I am able to do paid. Um, but I, 
Organic marketing is where I like to start out with. I like to say, like, if people are going to be interested in you without having to pay for them to get interest, it's usually like something that we can work with and push forward. I do paid advertising. Like I know Google ads and I know Bing ads and, you know, Facebook advertising. And I um, work on that with clients if that's where they're at. But I always caution them. I'm just like, hey, like, let's see what kind of traction we can get, you know, in the thought leadership realm of things, or let's do some SEO and see what we can get in terms of results with there. Obviously SEO being a slower crawl than paid marketing, but it, it it's a more sustainable approach as well. Cause once you get those links, like those, unless the website shuts down or they, you know, don't, you know, or you're, what am I trying to say? Or they put a do, do not follow link or, you know, so on and so forth. Like you are getting out there and you're getting put in front of new audiences, whereas paid marketing, obviously there's more touch points that go into it. You know, whereas if I wrote a blog on your website, for example, and somebody was like, well, I love self-made strategies. I trust them. You, you know, so I, therefore I trust her because they trust them. Whereas a paid ad, they're kind of like, oh, who's this person? I need to see them a few more times to see if I even want to interact with their website. But um, yeah, but more or less, I start with SEO and organic marketing to see where we can go from there. Cause I think it's a good starting point and there's less money involved in the, in the, you know, upfront and we can see whether it's worth, you know, what, what the budget should be from there. So what are you seeing these days? Because just, you know, speaking from experience, and I'm sure a lot of people can say this, the Instagram and Facebook shift has been away from organic, right? They want you to do paid, obviously, for obvious reasons. And so organic, because of the new algorithms and the new ways that they're doing things, and we won't get into the technical, you know, uh, mystery behind the machine, but because of those changes, it's become increasingly difficult to generate new traffic mm -hmm. organically, right? LinkedIn, yeah. by the way, for those who are listening, fantastic playground right now. If you're not on LinkedIn, you should be. And I'm actually guilty of this as well. That's one of my goals for 2021 is to be more active and focused on LinkedIn uh, with respect to kind of putting myself out there. But, you know, how are you seeing results in terms of generating organic traffic on traditional mediums? Or are you shifting away from those and sort of playing in a new space? So I'm actually pulling in a lot of my PR background, which is my original, you know, it was journalism and PR. Um, I've worked with individuals where I'm like, you have a very interesting story. I know you're putting out these social media posts, but like, can we get some local media talking about you? I, you know, I, I actually, this isn't a client, but it's a passion project. My dad wrote a book and I was like, for example, I'm just going to use that just as easier. And um, I was able to get him some local news articles written about his book because He's an interesting fellow. So he has stage four cancer and he was diagnosed originally with stage, you know, back in the day, he was originally diagnosed in 1999 and his books were a bucket list item. So I was like, dad, it's less about the books and it's more about you. So I'm finding ways to storytell for my clients, you know, if they have something or uh, you know, going back to integrated marketing, what have you done lately that's been interesting? Did you have a clothing drive? Can we talk about that? And then that's not only a shareable piece of social media now, you're on another platform. So I'm kind of shifting back to 
getting like, again, this is why I get to know them because then I know what's going on besides just what they're selling. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, is there something interesting that you run every year, like an event? And we try to come up with like, what's an interesting selling point that's beyond just the product or services. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm kind of going back a little old school, but in such a, like, it's just, there's, it's such a crowded space right now. Sometimes that is giving you so much more, like you're getting propelled forward, especially if your niche is local, especially, you know, just because, and then because they're sharing on their social pages, I even noticed because my dad has a book page on his Facebook, like he was like, all of a sudden, wow, I'm getting all these likes. And like, I have this increase in people viewing my page. And I actually didn't know that the article was published. And then I was like, oh, that was why. So it was one of those things. So um, again, that's not necessarily a client. That's just kind of a passion project I took on in 2020 to help my dad. But um, a perfect example of kind of where I'm shifting from in terms of this whole like kind of pay to play that we're in with a lot of the social media platforms now. But I also want to agree with you. LinkedIn is so good right now. It's just like, it's, it's refreshing actually, just with the conversations and, you know, being able to put stuff out there that's, you know, more organic and not feeling obligated to pay to be seen. So. No, I think that's great advice. First of all, with your uh, project with your dad and, and thankfully he's still kicking around and doing fairly well. Right. I, I know yeah, we talked about good. this in our intro call, so it's, it's great that he's, surviving cancer. That's a, a great, I think, uh, lesson for people who are listening that you can use these more traditional strategies using PR, local media to amplify your message, even in today's world. And I think that's what people start to kind of get lost in the overwhelming, you know, uh, abundance of distribution channels with podcasting, blogs, social media, all of those things kind of start to weigh down on you. What am I supposed to be doing on Instagram versus TikTok versus LinkedIn versus this versus that? Rather than just saying, as you're pointing out, here's a concept that we can use to amplify the message across all platforms, even though the distribution media may be a little bit different, we can use these strategies to kind of uh, advance our message. So let's talk about now your strategies that you use to develop a consistent process, right? Because we're talking about a lot of moving parts here, especially with integrated marketing, kind of keeping evergreen content, as you said, coming in, you know, are you doing a food drive? Are you doing a clothing drive in the winter? How can we amplify that and kind of, you know, roll it, fold it over into your existing marketing plan? So how do you stay consistent? What, what are your methods for success there? So I like, it might sound a little bit kind of strange, but like consistency comes from consistency. So um, when I work with, you know, clients or even when I'm doing my own, because I mean, obviously I'm still, you know, a, you know, I still need to promote myself as well behind, you know, along with everything else, you need to kind of train and adjust and adjust until you find a process that works best for you and your marketing. And I think that that's where a lot of people stop because something doesn't work. And, you know, that's where people like myself come in. I'm like, okay, well, this didn't work, but like, let's A-B test this. Let's like see if we can shift this even slightly to where it still works for you. But maybe like this is, you know, maybe this will work a little bit better. So that's what I'm I always try to like instill on those I work with. is like, we're going to be, there's a lot of trial and error in the beginning of like, what's going to work. Is this post going to, you know, be resounding? Is this, you know, um, news article going to be what moves the needle? 
Um, are we going to find some new platform that's going to come out that's going to be something we want to test with? So I think it's just consistently um, taking the time to jump in and you know figure out those processes that will continuously make sure that you're like updating as well. So like, you know, taking it, we can agree on like, okay, every month we're going to check in and we're going to do like a quick marketing audit, 30 minutes. We're going to sit down and just see like, what, what new links do we have? You know, what performed well, what did not And where can we move? You know, depending, it might be once every quarter for somebody else. And, you know, you can move that along. But again, it, like I said, I think consistency comes from consistency. And it's just like that consistent being, being fluid. I think that that's like the best, um, kind of like pr- procedure that I try to instill on myself. Like I don't want to become too rigid in my marketing where I'm not willing to try something new or I'm not willing to accept. I don't want to say defeat because it's not a defeat. It's just like, I have to accept that maybe something didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And how can I shift that? So I think that that's again, kind of high level, but hopefully somebody can take whatever their definition of what that would be that's listening um as a way they're like okay well i need to jump in and like do this a little bit more proactively so that we're constantly staying in the forefront so that's kind of how i implement consistency with myself and my clients is just you know checking in and letting them know that we will be making a few changes but there will be a point when it will be at least a well-oiled machine if you will but we need to get to that point first. Going back to the beginning of our discussion and what we were talking about working with someone that speaks your language, you need to find the right tools that work for you, right? And I say you, meaning the listener that's listening to our discussion, because each of us are as individual, as unique as we are individual. And our approaches to staying organized, whether you're using your calendar and your cell phone or whether you use a traditional, you know, pen and paper uh, task oriented calendar, right? A, a planner um, can be different. So you need to find the right tools and don't get bogged down in all of this. Oh, I need a new app to control my life in this space or whatever. Some people use a content calendar and that can be a literal calendar or that can be an app that just gives you a reminder or automatically posts for you, right? You just need to find the right tools for you. And then think about this as I'm looking out onto the horizon and I'm saying, this is where I want to get to. This is my goal. How do I work my way back to the very first couple of steps? And that's a good way to kind of build, you know, a plan towards something. And then within that, look at, okay, now how do I chop this down into a timeline that's manageable, repeatable, that I can continue to do without fail, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's why sometimes like I always say like the higher level, because then like you said, like you people do things so differently. And that's again why we have these discussions. And I kind of want to know more than just like, okay, what's your business? What do you do? Because then I could understand how they operate as well. And we could kind of work. And then it also helps because then I know if it's a good fit, because I'm like anybody else, I might not be the best fit for somebody based on my approaches. And it's a good lesson in you know, being like, okay, well, you do things a little bit differently than how I do either. Let's adapt. Or if not here, I have my list of contacts and I will be glad to get you in contact with somebody else who does something similar to me. So I think that's also it. You need to have that discussion because you need to be able to mesh well with the clients need to mesh well with somebody such as myself or, you know, and vice versa. So it makes it so much easier. It makes a better 
digital marketing experience. Absolutely. Now let's talk about you've started your own organization, you're out there, you're killing it. But like every entrepreneur, and I think at any level, quite frankly, to some degree, we all face that voice in our mind or imposter syndrome or whatever you want to call it, different names that all mean the same thing. What are your techniques and strategies for overcoming that? Yeah. So it's funny because like right before I got on this call, I was having that little voice. I was like, ah, I was, you know, I'm a listener, but like, oh my gosh, like, and it's one of those things where I was like, no, but like, Tony wanted, he said he wanted me on the show. I'm not just like infiltrating his Zoom call and just jumping on. And he's like, who's this girl? But it's one of those things where I think, I know we, I hear it a lot in like meditation apps where it's like, if you hear something or you, if you have a thought, like it's going to be there. I think it takes so much energy to push it away. And then that causes so much more distress because you're like, why am I thinking this? It's just, you need to let the, if the thoughts come, the thoughts come. If you like, oh, but you need to, so I have a little folder and it's like my wins folder. And I star all of like emails of somebody that's like, great job. Like you did a really great job or, you know, I'm so proud of you or something like that, that I can go back to to combat it because sometimes I just need that little bit of proof that I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, I am successful in what I do. Some days I'm really successful. And some days I'm just like really flat on my back and I'm just like, what am I doing? And I think that that's just something we need to let a lot of people know too, is just like, everybody feels this and you're not like, you shouldn't feel badly about feeling it, but find ways in which you can combat it in your own way. So my wins folder is my own way. Maybe somebody goes for a walk that just kind of get themselves out of their head a little bit. And that can even be for like burnout too, imposter syndrome, burnout, either, or like they're going to happen. But I think noticing when you're starting to feeling it, feel it and have those methods in place is definitely what's going to allow you to be able to overcome that moment or, you know, that week, you know, have those things in place. If burnout, if you're burnt out, like making time in the morning each day to have like a nice cup of coffee where you're actually like mindful of the moment or whatever it needs to be. So, you know, it's again, individual, it's unique to each individual, what makes them feel better, but trying to find those ways to overcome it in a way, but also not being so, what's the word? Not being so, oh man, I'm, gonna, I'm not, it's not coming to me, but uh, not being so angry at the fact that the thoughts are there in the first place. That's like, you're giving too much energy to the fact that they're there in the first place. And you're like, well, I need to get rid of these completely. Like it's never going to work. We're human for as many positive thoughts we have, we have negative thoughts and we just have to accept that they're going to be there, but we need to find ways in which that make us as an individual feel better and showcase that we are successful. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's really great advice. I love the wins folder idea. This is the first time I've heard of that, but I think it's, it's a really cool concept to integrate. And I think I might start doing that myself. Um, But yeah, you're right. Humans are cyclical, right? And frequently, I think my wife says all the time that when the voice in your head is kind of, you know, talking you down, uh, it's like as if treat it as if it were a crazy person in the corner of the room, just kind of saying random negative things to you. And you would ignore that person totally in any other circumstance, right? And that's what you need to do. So that's that's great advice, focusing on the positive, not letting yourself get bogged down by the negative thoughts that we all experience, quite frankly. So 
Really, really cool. Sarah, it's been great having you on the show. If people want to reach out, want to get to know you, or just want to engage with you about a marketing discussion or concept, what's the best way to reach out? So you can find me on my website, which is S-A-R-D-E-G-E-O-R-G-E.com. Sorry to George. Um, I also have an Instagram account that kind of, that talks about marketing discussions and that is S-A-R-D-E-G-E-O-R-G-E at at that. And then um, if anybody just wants to directly email me, it's again, S-A-R-D-E-G-E-O-R-G-E at gmail.com. I tried to be consistent. Yeah, I was going to say, if nothing else, it's consistent for sure. Consistent. <laughs> it's just so weird. They're like, Sar. Like, Sarah. Yeah. yeah, like Sarah, Sarah, like short for Sarah, you know? I mean, it's not, like it's not a part of my name, but anyways, those are awesome. the ways that you can be, you know, reach out to me. Cool. Sarah, thank you so much again for being on the show. I think this was really a, a great episode in terms of practical advice that people can take and use and apply in 2021 to reinvigorate their business and their marketing strategy. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And I also learned, you know, from you as well. I think this was a great, you know, discussion back and forth. So I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Sarah. Awesome.